Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot love. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab as I tip my, I guess it's not a cap, but my. <laughs> golf, golf cap is, I would say. Your vibe to those South Carolina State Bulldogs. They are doing some pretty good work on the tennis courts out there, holding their own. Welcome to episode 379 inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that is covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports from institutions large or small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture. HBC Athletic Aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC Athletic programs in the business of HBC sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. He has checked in, but he keeps sending these texts and saying he's here and there. And I don't recognize the name of some of these cities, so it's like, <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's in Zulu. <laughs> Last night, I did go get to check out um, the final game of the final four NCAA so we can really transition to baseball, softball, and other sports as we close out this academic year. Charles was out there doing his thing, sitting in the media row, looking real uh, media friendly, if you would say, in terms of what he was going on. But I had my little HBCU sports lab uh, shirt uh, cap on. As I went out there, and it's amazing how many people are connected with HBCU sports, and they, they acknowledge that, and they, they can't wait to shout out what school HBCU attended. I always pay homage, so it's always good. So I did want to kind of tie in from that perspective. I got to take Deuce in there Thursday with semifinals. He said he wanted to go to Final Four. Um, shout out to Granger, uh, helping me get that gift uh, with the assist as the quintessential point guard that can score and obviously assist. He assisted with that. Just shout out uh, to him having a huge week with the home game, that kind of stuff. We'll get in a little more about how that went uh, for those around there. I was able to get to the HBC All-Star game on Sunday. Uh, really was a showcase. A lot of folks there in that HBC paraphernalia, you represent schools, saw MEAC, SWAG, SIEC, um, even some people, GCAC, obviously CIAA, so it was u- unique. You know, you've seen significant crowds in the uh, H&P arena, but I'm not sure if I ever seen crowds with that diversity of in terms of sure. sure. senior general, normal fans from um, obviously Texas Southern fans. You also seen Grambling Southern fans that you normally see, but they come for their particular day, Jackson State. Uh, but you also saw all of them there at the same time among other fans. So that was, that was pretty cool when you see all that represented, what took place there. With that, before I go any further and I get to you all, uh, in regards to your news of the day, I wanted to step out there. I was excited about this, part of this, support this. Obviously, kudos to Roy, our president and CEO of Black College Sports Network. Uh, the SIA Inc.'s exclusive spring sports championship broadcast deal with Black College Sports Network. Uh, this is from the SIAC, I should say, dot com. Uh, the SIAC and the Black College Sports Network, you can also go to Black College Sports Network uh, as the release is there as well. I've reached an agreement that will feature 2023 Cricket SIAC Track and Field, Baseball and Softball Championship event. was able to see the commissioner uh, as he was here doing the 
Saturday, Sunday events. He was weak here all week, I should really say. But I got to cross paths with him on Sunday. Told him, thank you. Appreciate that. My uh, Anthony Holloman uh, was really excited about this opportunity. He said, hey, I told you, we're going to get it done. So, quote, we're delighted in the PCSN's willingness to spotlight our talented student athletes and member institutions and the continued support of SIAC programs, end quote, said by SIAC Commissioner Anthony Holloman. As a commission, it is my desire to spotlight every sponsor support this league offers to our vast fan base to desire to support these student athletes and programs, end quote. A very well done there. Uh, as said by Roy, quote, BCSN has always believed in the SIC sports product. For over 20 years, we have broadcast through thousands of events, most at little to no cost to the institution, end quote. To Roy M. Evans, the second president and CEO of Black College Sports Network. Quote, our goal is to promote and feature HBC sports and culture and history, and we will always do that. As we begin our 25th anniversary year of VCSN, we are excited to again partner with the SIAC to bring 12 straight days of SIAC sports coverage to the spring championships, end quote. Well said by both. Uh, just for the record, uh, the SIAC, and that's the 2023 Cricket SIAC Track and Field Championship on the campus of Morehouse College on April 27th to the 29th. Um, the championship coverage will begin with the 2023 Cricket SIAC Baseball and Softball Championships. Uh, that will begin on Tuesday, May the 2nd. We'll conclude with the championship game on Thursday, May the 4th. Championship tournaments will be held in Gordon Sports Complex in Albany, Georgia. More information about the 2023 Cricket SIC Softball Tournament can be found here. The spring championship coverage will conclude with the 2023 Cricket SIC Baseball Championship Tournament. The free edition tournament will feature the top eight teams from the league and will begin on Thursday, May the 4th. It'll conclude with championships games on Sunday, May the 7th on the West Campus of Albany State University. Um, so, obviously, you can get more information, 2023 Cricket SIC Baseball Championship Tournament. Uh, you can go to the website and check that out. Coverage will be available on BCSN platforms and SIAC platforms as well. So, kudos to the BCSN team, especially to Roy Evans getting that done and all the work there. Uh, shout out to that. With that being said, let me go to you, Charles. Uh, what's some news on your side that has you sided with HBCU Sports as we Get into the grind, man. Well, I wanted to offer kudos to Black College Sports Network uh, for inking a deal with the SIAC. That was going to be one of my uh, big news stories that happened on March 31st this past Friday. And uh, to get an opportunity to talk about it and still very newsworthy, uh, kudos to Black College Sports Network uh, uh, to be able to put on a great product that is the SIAC baseball uh, tournament. Uh, let me point out some things that are trending right now with regards to HBC new, HBCU news. And that comes to us. Uh, from the Black College, uh, um, I'm sorry, from uh, HBCUsports.com, but let's take a look at it. Uh, if you remember, Dr. Bill, the umpire who made the egregious call against Mississippi Valley State uh, in that baseball game a week and a half ago, he was on a podcast. Uh, he expresses some regret for uh, letting his emotions uh, get involved with regards to that game. I have my own thoughts in that regards, but that is currently what's trending. You had a pair of HBC basketball players. Uh, they declared for the WNBA draft, uh, and uh, that was uh, pretty significant when you take a look at those uh, WNBA players. Uh, when you take a look at it, uh, the players who are, are uh, number one, Jasmine Harris of North Carolina A&T, and you also have Ayana Emanuel, uh, who formerly played at Alabama A&M. She declared for the WNBA draft. So uh, especially with all this uh, talk, especially the, the weekend that the women's college basketball game had, it definitely wanted to bring those two things out. Of course, Dr. Bill, you mentioned the HBCU All-Star game uh, that was here at Texas Southern this weekend. Busy, busy weekend for us here in Houston. You had the Final Four. You had a lot of events around that. But Joe Bryant, he was a lone HBCU player at the Final Four All-Star Game, and he won MVP honor. So definitely wanted to make mention in regards to that. So that was pretty significant. Really busy weekend for us here in Houston. I uh, can't say enough about, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into it, talking about the HBCU All-Star Game. Uh, the line literally was 
Uh, if you're familiar with the HPE arena, it was all the way down the ramp and around the corner. So uh, it was a tremendous uh, success, tremendous event. And you take your hat off Travis Williams and all those who put that together. Uh, and to Dr. Kevin Granger, uh, to be the host institution, host facility, uh, first class event all the way around. Yeah, I'm doing some uh, analysis on the financial exposure that it had for Texas Southern University associated with CBS and um, week-long events. Obviously, first time for HBCU to be one of the host institutions. There were four of them that partnered to host the Final Four in Houston. Um, you had University of Houston, Rice University, what was Houston Baptist University, now Houston Christian University, HCU, and HBCU, as we know right here in the heart of things, Texas Southern University. So that was tremendous to see that take place. Before I go to A.D. Drew and ask him to give a synopsis of some of the high points that he wanted to talk about this week in HBC sports, I did want to go back to one of the things when you said about the Umpire Mississippi Valley podcast. <laughs> I did not listen to the podcast, but I read the update on HBC sports, and I trust in terms of how they delivered and they used quotes. Um, you were kind in regards to saying that he I, took I was a little very bit kind. of responsibility. Very uh, kind. <laughs> Uh, I was, I was like, man, he blamed it on everybody else. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be honest about that. You know, it That's seemed like I got, but I, I saw you took the high road, and it's true. You took the high road, uh, at least on screen. I'll tell you what he does behind. The Never mind. I just that was coming out loud. Uh, Ad Drew, <laughs> what, um, what type of HBCU news do you want to talk about today? I, you expect I, me I to follow that on the bus, but you know, Drew. Uh, you know, I have my bad character points sometimes. <laughs> you you really expect me to follow that up with with, with some news, Dr. Bill, man. <laughs> hey, you can have it. You know, we, we, this is professors, it. you know what I'm saying? You got to give out to your squares. You do what you got to do. I got you. I got you. No, actually, uh, I want to kind of go off the path. I want to make uh, do a couple more comments about uh, BCSN with the uh, SIEC. Sure. And then I want to take about two minutes to ask you guys a question. Uh, if I can, but uh, great job once again, like uh, Charles said, and you said, great job, Bob Roy, negotiating this deal with the SIAC. I have been to the SIAC baseball and softball championships. I've not been to the SIAC track championships uh, in prior years. So uh, just to, uh, for the opportunity for us as a network to have the chance to do this and do this the right way uh, not saying other people do it wrong but I know what we have to offer and the opportunities that we have not only uh, for, for us as broadcasters but for small businesses to get involved in this because you know everybody t always wants to go after the big, the big checks the six figure checks the uh, five figure checks but you know has built his platform off of helping the small man advertise with, with these events. You, you see the commercials that we run during these segments. These aren't Fortune 500 companies that we are running. You know, we are run mom and pop just as well as we are run Fortune 500 companies. So just, just wanted to throw that out. Tremendous job by our CEO and uh, fellow Rattler there, uh, Roy Evans. Now, for the question, uh, guys, can you guys just take a couple of moments and kind of describe the atmosphere that you guys were able to absorb while you were there with the Final Four being in Houston, in, in your home, in your hometown, you know, in, in the arena, uh, you know, just kind of for us who, who were not there, not only the NCAA Final Four, that atmosphere, uh, but also the HBCU All-Star Game and how that was really received from the people there. And we, we saw what happened on TV, but I need I need the inside info from uh, both of you guys for the different events that you guys were part of. Great question, Drew. Uh, I'm going to let Charles jump out there first. Great question. Thank you. Yeah, and, and Dr. Bill touched on it uh, initially. Um, I had on my uh, Inside HBCU uh, Sports Lab 
uh, shirt on Saturday at the Final Four game. And uh, I was uh, taken back by the response. You know, uh, uh, there are so many people who are involved either in uh, behind the productions or in front of the camera uh, who immediately gravitate to you uh, in regards to seeing HBCU. Uh, and of course, uh, I had the great fortune of, of some people that I, I knew there, and they were asking uh, quite a few questions in regards to Jackson State and, and, and HBCU basketball in general, but very warm reception in terms of uh, the HBCU presence uh, within that uh, final four platform here in Houston. Uh, the HBCU uh, All-Star Game, uh, I can't say enough about it. Uh, I was, uh, me and my wife uh, both went to the game. And when I say uh, Dr. Bill touched on it with regards to the representation uh, that you saw coming to that game, I saw uh, individuals who represented the MEAC, the SWAC, of course, uh, the SIAC, uh, as well as the, uh, the, uh, the GCAC. Uh, it was a tremendous uh, in terms of just looking at the representation to come out and support. And it, what, what jumped out at me was the marketing and the branding of that game itself. It really uh, galvanized the community out here in Houston uh, in, in terms of HBC basketball and to have uh, the, the atmosphere of both the Ocean of Soul and, uh, and the March of Storm both in the building. Uh, it added to uh, the flavor. You had tremendous dignitaries there, not only uh, the local Houston politicians, but Reverend Jesse Jackson. Uh, that was huge uh, for me to uh, actually uh, meet Reverend Jesse Jackson. Ben Crump was in attendance. Uh, it was so well put together. And, and then just pivoting back to the Final Four, uh, the, uh, the next manned flight uh, going uh, to the moon uh, was introduced at the Final Four this weekend. Huge moment for me for being, you know, a, a space nerd that I am to, to see some of that. So it was just, it was a tremendous weekend in terms of uh, the, the celebrities and everything that comes uh, with the Final Four and HBCU All-Star. Um, perfectly said by Charles. I'll add this component of it. Uh, just to give you perspective, I had two lens I was able to watch it from. Obviously, really three. One was kind of like all access, um, helping Texas Southern University athletic department behind the scene make sure that they warehouse the game on Sunday, utilizing the facility went well. Thank God I had my media pass and all access pass, so I got into the game relatively easy, just being able to show their full access. Obviously, I know the secret to parking, so parking was not an issue to me. <laughs> I went to the back route to my parking spot and was able to ease on quite early. That's my spot. Um, Y'all can't charge me for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so uh, that was unique uh, in regards to that perspective. Uh, but the event, as Charles said, was, you know, class. It was full packed with a lot of folks. So it was a lot of energy in it. A lot of energy, a lot of pride going on in there. A really good job, as you saw on TV, and can translate the way they uh, really did a good job with the floor. Um, and you could, you heard by the all-star HBCU athletes, not only in that game, that they made sure that they felt really special. Um, they had a bus that was wrapped with HBCUs so in a hotel, and they got a lot of folks that they visited that came by. Uh, on Saturday, many of the players got to go up to a suite for the, um, the Final Four game starting on Saturday with the four teams. They had a suite in there, so they got to come to that game and visit the suite. Uh, they flew them in uh, as they had an airline sponsorship uh, in regards to what that looked like. So they were treated first class, which I think is important uh, that uh, HBCU athletes get that experience, especially when you have the ability to do that. I heard behind the scenes, CBS uh, folks were extremely happy about the attendance in regards to how everything looked. Um, and it was unique because even though you have the rivalry games in basketball, uh, at least rarely have you seen both bands in attendance for a game just because uh, there's not enough room, particularly at Prairie View, um, so you don't see both bands in there. And so to open it up and see both bands kind of uh, play each other because they gave them a segment of time, that was a beautiful sight to see and unique in terms of that situation. Uh, Prairie View bands opened things up for that game. Uh, on Monday, CSU band uh, did in a matchup with uh, now Houston resident, Mon B. That's yeah. out of Port Arthur, UG. 
K in regards to all of us that uh, came up with that hip hop era. Did a great job. He has a Trill Burger stand in there uh, that he's Ooh. promoting now. Uh, that is a really good burger. Shout out to Bum B. I'll give him that little plug here. Uh, he's always been a gentleman anytime I've come across him, particularly academically when he was teaching, lecturing, co lecturing at Rice University a couple of years ago. So that was fascinating to see that. Um, now, in terms of the events that are around, it was good. Houston is always tough to travel, but if you know when you use the rail, not a lot of it, but if you use the rail uh, between those events downtown uh, with the uh, area, that was good. Getting in there, getting out, it was packed. A lot of folks were excited. Obviously, there were some people that were kind of down, thinking that there was a chance the University of Houston could get in the game. Certainly, if Texas had made it, it probably would have put a little different flavor. One thing I will add that was unique uh, being in Houston, um, at the same time, you had the Astros doing their opening week, you know, World Series champs. So they had the game there, and they still had full venues for that. So it was amazing. But a lot of folks uh, on the off day from the uh, NCAA Final Four, they were able to get um, the baseball game in. And you also had the Lakers coming in to see the Houston. So Houston is oh, not yeah. <laughs> uh, very good basketball in terms of the Rockets right now, but obviously Lakers, the brand itself, and the fact that they're fighting to see what they can do in the playoffs, that was well attended. So there were plenty of things <laughs> to get your entertainment value on. And so, yeah, oh, wow. it was the place to be in a lot of ways. Um, so great question. I, I hope I shared that and gave people a little plug on many different ways that you could entertain yourself. Uh, but that whole week was just full of events. So you got to choose whichever way you wanted to entertain yourself for uh, the Final Four. So I'm sure everybody was happy here. Businesses, small businesses, as you talked about, particularly we like to put on, those businesses certainly made some money this weekend. With that, let's get into our first break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get into baseball because baseball was played here. It was a rivalry week, as we talked about many of the games, but particularly you had Prairie View coming in to Texas Southern University. And while uh, some people were sneaking <laughs> over there in terms of the <laughs> All-Star game, uh, you had the, the third game of the set where the team split, right? Um, and so – it went off with a bang, but we'll kind of hold that for those that didn't hear the final score there or how it happened. We'll share that on the other side. We come right back after this first break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. 
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that. And who the ball, the ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention as he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. I'm going to tease you a little bit about baseball, but I'm going to ask you to wait just a little bit because we're going to take a deeper dive. I wanted to make sure that, as you know, series not dead. We're going to give a little love to the women out here. And then I wanted to give some to uh, Brian and AD of Sports Rap as AD does the rankings here remember this is not a poll like you see us doing this is digital analytics in terms of going in here with the numbers i'm gonna give uh some of the teams as they like to call it in the hunt don't mean they're outside of the top five uh give you some of these numbers are going to match up and see what they look like in terms of the standings we'll let charles get in his thoughts a little bit on the swat in terms of softball we'll let ad drew give us a little update in terms of MEAC. And maybe uh, give a little update of some of those independents, whether it's Tennessee State, A&T, or Hampton. He can pull out his choice or maybe pick one of them, uh, and we'll give some updates there. Before we get into those matchups, some of the things that took place this weekend and who's getting it done, I wanted to talk about those teams in the hunt. We'll get in the top five in a minute, but I want to give those that are in the hunt a little bit of love. First team in the hunt, uh, just being able to get into the hunt lineup, is Alabama A&M. The Lady Bulldogs, Bulldogs over there in Huntsville, are sitting at 15 and 14 overall, six and six in the conference race, 45.57 points there in the hunt. The next team uh, is a team relatively close uh, to Alabama and if you would have it and think about it, it's Tennessee State up there in Nashville. As the independent, 14 and eight in one tie, which is always interesting. We'll have to dig in that for you later. Uh, five and six in the conference race over there in Ohio Valley. Uh, they come in with 48.01 points. You have Norfolk State out of the MEAC, 14 and 15, but five and four, 51.7 uh, points uh, in terms of the total points they have. Then we go into the SWAC with Bethune Cookman sitting at 10 and 24, but they're eight and three in the conference race, 52.37. Uh, and the last team that is in the hunt, that's just before would be six if you would have it going that deep would be North Carolina Central, the Eagles, 10 and 22, 10 and 22 overall, eight, no, in the conference rate. So really in the hunt for things in the MEAC, that is sizing up to be interesting because one of the top teams in there is Morgan State. And I'll let you know where they are in terms of the analytics here shortly. But that softball game will be played, Charles. Think about this and A.D. Drew. Will be the last MEAC series between those mm. two teams will line up. So can they fight in it out where that series will become interesting, I think, is something to think about. So with that being said, I'm going to go to you, Charles, first before we get in this top five. Uh, what are your thoughts on the East? I see, you know, you have three teams that are really in the hunt there. I think All of them are eight and four. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sam, you sitting at eight and four. And that's yeah. tied with Alabama State as well as Bethune Cookman. So the Florida schools, as you think about, they play a lot of softball. They're doing their thing in there. But even Alabama AM and Jackson State, that you saw Alabama AM the hunt, are sitting at six and six. So they're just two games back. So a lot of teams in it. But you go to the West, you see Prairie View that has jumped out there. Remember, Prairie View had the outstanding tournament, was able to turn it on. 
and really got it done in the SWAC tournament championship last year as they took down Alabama State in just a amazing facet last year. They are 12 and 0 in this early part of the hunt in the race. Ramblin is behind them, not too far back. A three-game set, though, at 9-3. and three, And then the rest of the teams were losing records, if you would, in regards to the conference. So, uh, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of what's going on in the softball? Any matchups that stood out to you this past weekend or matchups that you look up coming into this weekend? Well, here's the thing that jumps out at me. Watch the synergy <laughs> that we'll see uh, with regards to softball to baseball. Uh, top three teams in the SWAC East. Alabama State, Florida A&M, the Bethune-Cookman, all at 8-4. We'll talk a little bit about it on the baseball side, but there's some synergy in regards to these top three teams on the softball side, and then synergy on, on the Swag West as well. No hotter team in softball right now than the Prairie View A&M Lady Panthers. 12-0 in conference play. They've won nine in a row. But the synergy, again, with baseball, rambling right behind uh, nine and three in conference. Uh, they've won four in a row. Texas Southern, right behind Grandma. Uh, They have won five in a row. So you got those top three teams in the SWAC East, top three th teams in the SWAC West. Let's see how that synergy relates to baseball as well because they're playing some great softball over there in the East with regards to those three schools, uh, FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, and Alabama State. Same thing in the West, Prairie View, Grambling. Texas Southern, one, two, three, stacked up on each other. So great softball being played. Got some hot teams, especially over there in the West. I like the way you did that with the synergies between baseball and softball. And you're right. I didn't think about that. But now I think when we go to the other side after the break, people see the synergy that you're referencing. With that, let's give a little love to the MEAC. Uh, AD Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of what's shaking out in the MEAC? I, see, I know there's two teams that are undefeated in the MEAC in regards to what that looks like. And I told you they're on maybe a collision course. Uh, but with that being said, this past weekend, a game or two, or this upcoming game, which direction are you going in terms of softball in the MEAC? I just want to talk about it. You know, uh, Morgan State, number one team in the BCSN ranking. I mean, they're, they're only one half game, excuse me, they're one game behind Central. Central eight no Morgan State seven no when it comes to the when it comes to the conference rate. So if this plays out like you said, Doctor Deville, man, who's not going to want to be at that game? Do you know what the location of that is? Is that in Baltimore or is that in Durham? I think it's in Durham. Okay, and while we look that up, I, I want to talk about Prairie View. Prairie View has won. They won, they said, Charles, they're 12-0 this year. Let's not forget, they won nine of their last 10 regular season games last year. So the back half of last year for Prairie View softball and the opening of this year, I mean, what a tremendous run Prairie View has been on in the swag, you know. So it's almost, I hate to say it, Charles, it's almost Jackson State-ish. This run that Prairie View has been on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they 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 going through undefeated right now. They mm -hmm. they're getting pushed, they're getting challenged, but they they're answering the challenge every time. Sure. And as great of a run as Jackson State had in basketball, can somebody get through a entire softball season undefeated? That's tough enough. That That's tough. Is tough. Yeah. Just because just because of the number of games that you have to play. We saw exactly. Jackson State baseball do it uh a couple of years ago. So can softball do the same thing? I like that. And then during the COVID year, you saw two times on the men's side get it done. Talking about Jackson State it was Jack Prairie View. It was Prairie View on the men's mm -hmm. side uh during mm -hmm. that COVID year. So great. Uh, it is. I knew it was North Carolina. It's not doing, but it's actually uh, North Carolina. C A R Y. Cary, North Carolina is that last home set. The Morgan State will be on the road uh, at North Carolina Central. So it'd be interesting to keep our eyes in terms of what that fight looks like. Uh, you teased it out a little bit, so you stole a little bit of thunder uh, with North Morgan State being at the top. But let me give you the top five officially. 
at uh, number five is Alabama State, 19 and 16, 8 and 4, 54 and 56. That's all right, Drew. I know you get excited. This is number four is Florida <laughs> and uh, 15 and 14, 8 and 4, 56. Uh, point 11, you know, I like to go in descending order. You got to tease it out, tease it out for the people. And number three, Grambling State. My bad, my bad. 23 and 12 and 1. No big deal. That's what we do. 9 and 3, uh, 59.55 points. They were previously two, so they fell a slot. Guess who moved up a slot? That Prairie View AM, uh, Panthers, Lady Panthers down there that are playing some good softball, move up in the ranking from three to two. Uh, as they jump in at 13 and 15 overall, but 12 and 0, as we said, in terms of conference race, there's a wide gap now between second and third. It'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out uh, with teams continuing to move as they're at 68.33 versus the three team at 59.5, which is grammar. We'll see what that looks like when they match up uh, later on. And as Drew said, the number one team is Morgan State, 16 and 12, uh, 7 and 0. They're hot, 73.17 as they remain number one. So they're holding on to it. How long can they hold on to that number one spot? Remember, this is not a poll ranking where you take voters that vote into the poll to tell you their opinion. Uh, this is, which is a little more subjective. This is not quite as subjective because it's the computer rankings, obviously data in, data out, whatever it is, but it's the data that gives you this analysis here. So I thought it was important to share a little bit of that uh, and have y'all make sure you check it out on Sunday. We tend to get the latest because ours that he does and reruns the data actually has the Sunday scores in there. The show comes on and sometimes baseball is slower about getting the information out. So they do the updates with certainly Friday and Saturday uh, in regards to what that looks like. With that being said, we'll take our second break, come back on the other side, give you a little more baseball talk as we get into it. Man, the baseball and the swag is fascinating. It's deep and Boy, week to week, you have key matchups based on what took place the week before. And we'll talk a little bit about that on the other side. Stick with us after this second break. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. We have none other than A.D. Drew since we're talking a little bit of baseball. He's pinch hitting, uh, coming in out of the bullpen, and he looks ready. Look at the ball. ball. That's a ball. That's a ball. You didn't come to a complete stop. 
I'm letting my emotions get involved. <laughs> hey, hey at least you didn't call a pitch clock violation on me. <laughs> yeah, that'd be real modern, real modern for the game. Let's get into the Colonial and let you know what's going on there. Unfortunately for A&T Aggies, uh, they lost two out of three to UNC Wilmington. Um, so that pushed them back a little further down the standings as they fall to number seventh in the standings. They're six and six, so they're 500 in terms of colonial conference race uh, in terms of what that looks like. They did get one of the games, which is good, the middle game there. Uh, they sit at 13 and 14 overall as they look to try to get it done. When you talk about uh, other teams out of the Northeastern Conference, they didn't fare quite as well either in terms of some of those matchups there in terms of Maryland Eastern Shore uh, to give you some updates there. Uh, Coppin, as they continue to fight and try to get some things done. Norfolk State as well. Uh, struggling a little bit in terms of the Northeast Conference. Uh, some of those matchups on Friday to give you just the start of how things took place. Norfolk State did get a game over Stone Hill, 6-3 in terms of that matchup. Uh, Delaware State fell hard to fairly Dickinson, 26 to 8. Uh, and in regards to Maryland, Eastern Shore got a game against Merrimack, 6 to 5 in terms of the matchups uh, as they got into those series. In terms of where they are in the standings of the Northeast uh, Conference, give you a little update there. Uh, you have the top ranked Cotton State, as we told you last week, they're still hovering in that spot. You know, they take the top six previously in the Northeast, and we'll keep that updated and see what they're going to do this year. In that sixth spot right now is Cotton State at four and five. They won two straight games, so they got out of there and got some victories in that. Uh, they're actually tied with Merrimack, and guess who? Uh, Norfolk State also sit at four and five in terms of wearing that race. Um, sitting below them is Maryland Eastern Shore, four and eight, and Delaware State sitting in at two and ten. Uh, in terms of the Northeastern race. Let's get into the swag where the fire is. Um, one of the things I'll kind of set up on this is we were over there, Drew, you talked about how things were going in the gym. So, you know, we had started the game over there in McGregor Park in terms of baseball, getting in there. Charles actually stood for a little longer in the game, so made it even <laughs> challenging as he, he tried to make it over there. I knew better. I was like, no, I'm getting in here. Oh. So when I left, it was the third inning. It was 2-2. Texas Southern had already hit two home runs, um, essentially to tie the game up in regards to the look like. Prairie View was winning the game in the ninth, uh, but home run for Texas Southern as they get it done in the bottom of the ninth, a walk-off uh, as they score two uh, to win the game 10-9. It was one of those type of games. TSU had seven home runs in the game as they brought out the bats to get it done, which meant – uh, they had the rubber match, so they took two out of three uh, from Prairie View in terms of that, which uh, allowed Gramlin with a great weekend to actually jump above them in terms of where they are in the standing. But before we get too far with that, let me tell you what happened in terms of the rundowns of those games taking place. Alabama State and Alabama A&M, as you had the rivalry game on starting on Friday, Alabama State took it to Alabama A&M. They started off pretty hot, but they've fallen a hard time. We'll talk about that a little more as they fall 11-3. Uh, Jackson State, surprise, surprise, Valley. We talked about last week that Jackson State had a chance to get right and wanted to sweep. Uh, Charles said, hey, hey, this is a rivalry game. Maybe not. And sure enough, uh, mm. Valley gets the first game from 14-13. Uh, Prairie View falls to Texas Southern on the road 8-4 for the, their first loss, conference loss as they took it to Texas Southern. We told you what happened culminating in the third game. Southern. 14-4 uh, against Alcorn State. And FAMU defeats Bethune-Cookman to open things up 7-5. Again, those were the Friday scores. On Saturday, where it gets even more interesting as you enter these two, three-game series, you have Gramlin uh, as they hit off their first uh, two series, uh, three games against Arkansas Pine Bluff, and they actually play two on Saturday. Gramlin wins the first one, 8-2 over Pine Bluff. Jackson State, Bounces back and gets the game against Valley, 18-7. Prairie View bounces back and gets one against Texas Southern, 10-5. Alabama State continues to dominate Alabama A&M as they win 17-9, I should say. Ramblin State takes the second game, uh, doubleheader on Saturday against Arkansas Pine Bluff, 19-6. to 
Alcorn surprises Southern for a lot of people. Whoa. Win there. 15 yeah. to 12. If they take one away. Uh, and Bethune Cookman bounces back and gets it against FAMU 9 to 2, which means you have some rubber matches for Jack State Valley. Uh, Prairie View, Texas Southern, Alcorn Southern, uh, FAMU, and Bethune Cookman mean you had those matchups. It would be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. Again, I told you what uh, happened on Sunday for Texas Southern is they take two out of three. Uh, with that being said, final scores of this set, Jackson State takes the series two out of three, defeating uh, Mississippi Valley eight to six. Bethune Cookman takes two out of three from FAMU, knocks them off the undefeated uh, races. They were just rolling down the road. Bethune Cookman says not so fast. That was a home game. So the rematch will be interesting as they travel in the second half of the split. Bethune Cookman, the Wildcats get it done against the Rattlers, six to three. Southern bounces back, and they do get the series taken two out of three as they defeat Alcorn State Braves, six to one. Uh, Alabama State sweeps Alabama A&M, six to one, uh, and Grambling eleven uh, to one over Arkansas Pablo. So they bring out the brooms on the road in terms of what's going on in Arkansas, in Pine Bluff and Arkansas. As I told you, Texas Southern. Walk-off gets it done against Prairie View, 11 to 10, sends the Panthers home, heartbroken uh, in terms of what that looks like. So as we get into those standings uh, for the SWAT and let you know what that looks like, Grambling is on the top of the West now as Prairie View falls to the second slot. Grambling is 8-1 and one in the conference race. That's 12 and 15 overall. Prairie View 7-2 and two at 10 and 8. Just behind them is Texas Southern. Southern tied at 5 and 4 in terms of those teams at the top of the Western Division. In the Eastern Division, you have three teams all tied at 72. Same teams that you saw on the softball that Charles told you about earlier, which is the same thing you saw with uh, the Western Division with Prairie and Grambling, essentially in those uh, two teams was, uh, swapped, if you would, in terms of softball. But on the baseball side, Alabama State, Bethune, Cookman, and FAMU are all tied at 70, 72. Alabama State with a sweep, have three-game win streak. Bethune coming, getting the last two out of three there, have a two-game win streak. FAMU falls to 7-2 as they lost the last two in those series. Um, you have Jackson State, Alabama, AM, and Mississippi Valley sitting at 3-6, and 2-7, and 1-8, and and respectively. I'll talk about that because that fourth spot will be interesting to see uh, what comes down between Jackson State, Alabama, AM. Remember, Alabama AM took the early series, taking two out of three from Jackson State. It'll be interesting to see how much they may come back uh, in the second half of the season, uh, what we there. Let me go to you, Amy Drew. A lot of baseball talk there. Uh, which direction you want to go in terms of what is taking place in week number three in terms of SWAC baseball? I'm, I'll spend our show on Sunday trying to figure out what was the more surprising result? Valley getting one versus Jackson State mm. or Alcorn getting one mm. versus Southern. Mm. And for <laughs> Jackson State needed to get needed that sweep. They really did to need that sweep, especially considering what Alabama AM did, losing two out of three in their in their series. So Jackson State was able to leapfrog Alabama AM this this particular weekend, but they've got a long way to go if they're trying to catch one of those top three teams who are all sitting at 72. Even a, even a sweep next weekend would not allow them to catch one of, one of those teams if one of those teams should get swept next weekend. And to make it worse for uh, Jackson State, they've got FAMU coming to town. Mm. So just looking, just looking at how these two teams are playing this year, the chances of Jackson State getting a sweep against FAMU are going to be slim. So, you know, you know, FAMU's gonna get at least one out of there. The numbers say they'll get two, but the FAMU's gonna at least get one out of Jackson State. Where does that leave Jackson State and Alabama AM who will face each other? I I think I believe in two weeks when those two teams face each other. Not this weekend series, but next weekend series. So that's gonna be interesting. And uh just quickly on the West, uh, I believe Texas Southern and Southern play each other. This weekend, one one of those two teams will <laughs> come out. 
No, that I checked that. That's next weekend when they play each other. Uh, Texas Southern had Grambling this weekend. So, as much as we have this weekend, the interesting stuff looking ahead is going to be next weekend because that's going to tell us how the conference races are going to really shape up. But I am looking forward to Texas Southern and Grambling this uh, upcoming weekend, Doctor Cabell. But to your point. It's Texas Southern and Grambling, but guess what? It's Prairie View and Southern. So, yeah, it's still interesting. That, that's the, Charles, that was the one. Thoughts? That was what it was. I knew Southern had somebody. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going exactly. to echo a couple things that you said, A.D. I, I think the the fact that Valley was able to take one from Jackson State and Jackson State needing that sweep uh, this past weekend is something that, that jumped out at me. But it was the way that they lost. I mean, they gave up 14 runs to Mississippi Valley State. Uh, so I immediately I, I go to you know the the, uh, the the stats to take a look and see what happened within that game, and this was even when Valley had committed three errors in the game. So that that concerns me with regards to Jackson State's pitching staff. Uh, currently they're fourth in the SWAC, uh, giving up uh, six and a half runs a game, but giving up fourteen runs to Mississippi Valley State that that jumped out. That kind of concerned me. And like you said, when you have Alabama State, which is hitting on all cylinders, Bethune Cookman which took uh, two of three uh, with FAMU and FAMU sitting in front of you. This weekend series uh, with FAMU is going to be huge for Jackson State, quite honestly, to just get back in things. They they need a sweep, and I don't. that's not very likely uh, with regards to playing a tough, hardened uh, uh, FAMU baseball team uh, with a pitcher like uh, Hunter Beach sitting around somewhere uh, within the rotation over, over the weekend. So that jumps out. Um, I thought it was a misprint when I looked and saw – uh, Southern dropped one off. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I, I just could not believe it. Uh, we're talking about that that blue blood program dropped one to all four, uh, which, you know, quite honestly, their, their baseball program hasn't been uh, up to par with regards to uh, in, in the East. So that, that those are a couple of things that jumped out at me. Can't say enough that that, that Prairie View Texas Southern uh, series this weekend, Texas Southern for them to come back the way they did. Uh, in the rubber match uh, this past Sunday uh, with a walk-off. My goodness, that was uh, tremendous. And it elevated Grambling. Now now I have to start paying a lot more attention to this Grambling State baseball team. Uh, they're uh, leading the SWAC West right now. We're leading the SWAC West with regards to a great uh, Prairie View baseball team, Texas Southern baseball team. And at some point, you know Southern is going to – put their foot on the gas at some point. So uh, very interesting with regards to grandma now on top of the Swag West standings. And y'all had some great points you make there in terms of, oddly enough, is they talking about basketball, UConn. You did put in the blue blood lexicon, or is that red, black, and green? (laughs) (laughs) With that that being said, I get your point. Um, But I think that's one of the unique things in terms of Jackson State and Southern, not that they're not necessarily at the top. Uh, we saw Southern kind of struggle early and they were able to turn it on, but did they get themselves into the hole? Uh, as you talked about Jack State, one of the things I've noticed is just uh, how they've struggled on the pitching side. Yeah. Um, and in and, and, and regards to Southern, you tend to see them fielding better than anybody. They're, they're pretty low in terms of fielding percentage um, and they're not hitting very well in uh, pitching. So that is something to keep your eyes on because those are not necessary things you can turn on. It's different when you kind of just lose maybe close games, you put it out there, but they're not really playing good baseball. The thing that you have to link about Southern is the fact that in Jackson State, this is a long season in regards to this being just the first half. Drew, you want to jump back in there with something? I'm, I'm going to ask a question because I know it's time for us to go to break. I'm going to ask this question before and then maybe we can come back and answer it on the other side. But is it me or is it kind of some bad baseball in general being played, not just in the swag, but among among our black schools, our HBCUs? And I've got a little bit of a theory behind it. And I'm wondering if this is, we're starting to feel the after effects of COVID. I'm going to leave it right there. We'll talk about it on the, we'll talk about it on the other side. And I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I'm going with that. We will talk about it on the other side, at least give you a chance to think about because we might need to take a deeper dive and have a a segment on that in regards to uh, baseball um, and what may be taking place in regards to some of the hitting. I've seen it around and maybe it's still people recovering from the early part of the season 
as it's cool and folks still need a chance to warm up. So good point when you talk about that. Uh, Baseball awareness. We'll be right back after this. Yeah, we'll be right back after this last break. We'll come back on the other side and kind of sew things up uh, as we get into a couple of other news that I wanted to get out there. Uh, and we'll make sure that we give you some of the games to watch this weekend because things actually start on Thursday because of Easter weekend. Stickers will be right back after this quick break. We'll come back on the other side and give you some last updates and close out the show. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a little. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Charles, I know you had some thoughts on that, so I wanted to kind of give you a chance to respond uh, to the concern that Drew brought out there, rightfully so. Um, is it COVID or do you see something else that is, is maybe bigger than COVID that you have some concerns uh, on right now, Charles. For, for me, it's a it's a decline uh, over time in the fundamentals of baseball. Uh, uh, it it drives me nuts to see multiple era baseball games, uh, and it, for me, it's a lot of the minutia uh, uh, that you see with regards to a game being played, uh, especially with regards to giving extra outs. Uh, and it's one thing to give an extra out, but to compound it by throwing the ball away, you know, guys are going to make mistakes in the field and things of that nature, but it's sort of speeding up your fielding process and you compound one error with another uh, error. Uh, that being said, it's, it's, you know, we talk about it all the time in other sports in terms of uh, football acumen or basketball acumen, football IQ, things of that nature. And for me, it's been uh, baseball IQ. You know, when you miss a cutoff, maybe, uh uh, uh, egregiously, base um, running errors. Base running errors is a big one, and as much running as they do uh, in the SWAC and in the HBCU baseball in general, to still see the base running errors that happen uh, during the course of the game, uh, that where you give an out away, or you don't have to give an out away, those are up a bunch. That, uh, you know, it's, it, it is the fundamentals and it is compounding errors where you just don't have to do it. That Those are the things that really get under my craw as a baseball fan. Yeah. What, and kind of while uh, yeah, I was going popping up the bunch and those kind of things. Let me give you this. Yeah. Uh, baseball starts on Thursday this week because of Easter weekend. So you have four games. Bethune Cookman at Alabama a and FAMU at Jackson State that y'all spoke about earlier. Arkansas. Pine Bluff at Alcorn State. It'll be interesting there. Somebody is going to be able to get two out of three in time to uh, get maybe some momentum. And then you have a big matchup with Texas Southern and Grambling in regards to what that looks like uh, on Thursday. Uh, when you get into Friday, uh, you have all six teams playing on that Friday, opening things up. Bethune Cookman at Alabama AM, Southern at Prairie View that I mentioned to you, uh, Valley at Alabama State. They add those teams that did not start on Thursday. Obviously, Arkansas Pine Bluff, excuse me, and Alcorn State. Bam, you and Jackson State, Texas Southern, and Grambling. Uh, Saturday, you have teams closing it up as they get in uh, with six more teams. Some of them doing their third game by now. Some of them in their second matchup. Uh, as you know, close things with all six of them playing again 
On Sunday, you only have your two games, teams that did not start on Sunday, which will be Mississippi Valley at Alabama State and Southern at Prairie View. So four days of baseball in the swag will be interesting to see what goes on there. Uh, before we close up, I did want to get this out there. Shout out to the lab listeners in regards to Emma Price, Lonnie Shaw gave some uh, shout out to early Edwin D. Moore, G. Boom Holly, Carol Keelum, Wendy Jenkins Bishop, Karen Griffin, uh, HBCU Heritage Center, checking us out. Michael Lee is in the building, Chuck Hunt, Lonnie Shaw, uh, Chad Cooper always showing up, Jerome Jeep Sutton uh, in the building, Silas Edward McMorris, uh, Willie Smith. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, and getting your updates on HBCU uh, World out there, as well as Theron Waters um, uh, getting up the updates. Wells Fargo to sponsor MEAC gives six-figure donation to the MEAC, uh, courtesy of MEACsports.com. MEAC has announced Wells Fargo as a new corporate sponsor starting uh, with the 2023 MEAC basketball tournament. As part of this new partnership, Wells Fargo gave 100000 to the MEAC Foundation. We talked about that during the MEAC basketball tournament. The foundation was began, and you see that they have funds uh, getting in here with this particular uh, Wells Fargo sponsorship. Quote, I could not be any more excited to have Wells Fargo on the board as a corporate sponsor. End quote, MEAC Commissioner Sonny still says, quote, Wells Fargo commitment to HBC is vital to the conference, but more importantly, the fact that they are committed to our member institutions Students beyond their years on campus is paramount. We have, have always said that the MEAC is educating student athletes for the game of life, and Wells Fargo shares in that vision, end quote. So to give you some updates there, fascinating to see what's going on. As you had Gigi Dixon, Wells Fargo's head of external engagement of diverse segments, representation and inclusion, said the MEAC commitment to excellence in everything they need to do they do to support the well-being of student athletes on and off the court. Our playing field is a mission that resonates with our uh, bank. Also, this is the start of our engagement with the MEAC and well, we will also look forward to being at the start of the engagement with the MEAC. We also look forward to being at the forefront, I should say, of adding in the strengthening and growth of each of the member institutions surrounding university communities, end quote. Big one to just drop today, Squat Football Media Day, July 25th. Mm. Uh, it is going back to Birmingham, as you know, a football media day on Tuesday, July 25th at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. That will be in Sheraton, Birmingham. So it'll be fascinating. We plan to be there and bring you your daily dose and live updates on what's taking place in regards to what's the, uh, there. Uh, Drew said something a little earlier about supporting Black College Sports Network and small businesses. Obviously, we have the corporate uh, entities that we put out there, but we also love to support, support smaller businesses, particularly HBCU Black businesses that are out there. We have a 300 to 500 special for the year. Uh, we're taking the first 30 folks that take businesses to take advantage of this, uh, and you will get this. You do 300, 500 for the year. And you can run your ads and we'll support you on the Black College Sports Network. So make sure you contact us at the Black College Sports Network, uh, my JBN, my BCSN. Download that, continue to support. Uh, you can get the email information and we'll make sure that you get additional context. But go to the website, uh, BCSN, so you can get all that information out there in terms of what that looks like. Uh, that'll do it for us. Wanted to get in some good information there. Show Pat giving you your baseball and some softball updates. Come back on Thursday, see if we can get you some interviews. Certainly give you updates on the SIAC, Division II, and NIA programs. Uh, with that being said, thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. His mic is on assignment, and we have none other than A.D. Drew. Assistant Professor Tenure Track. Check it out. Again, we want to thank you for listening. Dr. Lills Inside the HBC Sports Lab. As you know, every Tuesday and Thursday, we'll be back on Thursday with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. 
Make sure you check out Carlos' show this Saturday uh, as he will give it to you on the Wednesday. Tomorrow, you have ONG Strike Zone as they'll give you the latest, latest updates of what's going on in Fam Hugh and Tallis. Passy, as they like to say, the highest of seven hills. That almost hurt me to say that, but I uh, wanted to put it out there for the brothers over there in the orange and green as they do it the way they do it. Obviously, as we're working through it, don't forget the pregame show. Charles is bringing it back. Make sure you know. He'll let you know what that looks like. Stick with us. Uh, as some of y'all were getting a little nervous, we're going to do what we do. Just sit back, relax. We're going to make sure that you get your information on the Tigers of Jackson State up there. The I love, as they like to say. Check out 1876 Sports and Culture. Prayer View updates there. Told you about Carlos with the Southern updates as we continue to give you those. And then, obviously, you tie everything up in the bow after each Sunday dinner and have a long church service. Come back that evening. We'll get you ready for the week. And make sure you close out everything as you get started as well with Brian and AD of Sports Rep. Um, as we get going, we'll have some news and Saturday updates as we continue to get going. Uh, and we'll give you some of these spring updates. So stick around and make sure you see that the next three Saturdays. Uh, we'll have that overtime, HBC overtime coming to you uh, on Saturday as well. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Drew? Lecture. Dismissed.